Hello, hello, Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I know we've had a uh, few weeks off here, and so it's been a beautiful season. It's been a very full season, a lot of transition for my family. We have um, massive announcements coming around Christmas going into the new year, and so watch Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Awaken Podcast, because in a couple weeks, we're about to be announcing something the Lord has really put on our hearts heavy, a new venture going into next year, and it's it's um, we're, we're super excited, and so it's getting cold here in Dallas. I'm wearing this sweater. It's like 30-something degrees, and so the Texans are hiding and it's going to get worse in January and February, but growing up in New Jersey, this is just like, it feels good. I like it actually. And so, but uh, my wife and I, we got back from Israel in October and I know we posted a lot of photos of and videos of our time in Israel and I highlighted some things. If you follow us on Instagram and on Facebook, I'm mean, click the links in the description section if you'd like to do that. Um, but I've been gathering my thoughts and I've really been praying through the holidays and we've been working on a lot of things and I wanted to release an episode. Several people asked for an episode. Just share with us some clips, share with us some highlights um, of what took place when you were in Israel. And so my wife and I, we went by ourselves. Um, the kids were with their grandmother. And that was a, it was a special time for my wife and I really to bond and to be together um, and to experience the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in the promised land. And so there's just too much to share. I could probably go like five or six episodes, but I just want to highlight some things. But I want to read a scripture and I want to start in prayer. That's what I really feel on my heart to do. And so I'm going to read Psalm 128. If you've been a believer for any length of time, you know that the Lord gives you promised scriptures that um, he highlights scriptures to you. You know it's a link to your destiny. You know that it's a promise directly to you. Um, and so, you know, obviously it's for the church. Obviously it's for, you know, if it's a if it's a scripture written to Israel, it's a promise for the nation. It's a promise for the church. Um, but it's also, it, the Lord highlights certain passages that are promises to us specifically. And Psalm 128 is one of those passages for me. And it's very short. It's only six verses. I'm going to highlight the last verse. Um, but I'm just going to read the whole thing just because I love it. I memorized it, but I'm just going to read it out of the NESB. And so, how blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the fruit of your hands, you will be happy and it will be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house and your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, for thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. This is uh, verse five and six now what I want to highlight. The Lord bless you from Zion and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. And indeed, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Lord, I just thank you for this time. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are near and closer than the air that we breathe. We thank you that you've united yourself with us, that the one who joins with the Lord is now one spirit with him, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. And so we honor you. We bow low. We acknowledge that you are greater, that you are higher, that you are more glorious, that you are God, that we are not, that you are king and we are servant, that you are father and we are son or daughter. And Lord, we just give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
All right. And so I read that. I love the ending. Obviously, the whole thing about a man who fears the Lord and who walks in his ways will be blessed, or whatever he puts his hands to will thrive and will be blessed, and his wife will be fruitful, and his children will be all around his table, and blessed will be his children's children. But then it talks about Jerusalem at the end, and it says, May peace be upon Israel. And I know personally that there is a a tie to Israel in regards to my calling. I believe that the promises of God over Jerusalem, over Israel, over the promised land are specifically for Israel, Jerusalem, the promised land, the surrounding nations. Um, I do not believe in replacement theology. I've had James Gall on the show and we spoke about the mystery of Israel and the Middle East and the promises of God and how they will be fulfilled and the mystery of how they're going to be fulfilled, but how God's hand has been on the nation of Israel and will continue to be on the nation of Israel. And so I want to make this very clear. I don't believe that now the church you know, believers, Jew and Gentiles, um, that all the promises regarding the land of Israel and Jerusalem are now just for the church, the church receiving the promises, the church receiving salvation, the church being an influence. All of that is true, but these promises are specifically for the nation of Israel, for Jerusalem and for that area, that territory that it was promised. And so that's very important because that is bad theology and that is a heresy taking the promises of God over that country and just giving it complete to the church saying it's not Israel anymore. God cut off Israel because, you know, the Jews crucified Christ. And so, but the beautiful thing is in Romans 9 through 11, it does explain that as Gentiles who believe we've now been grafted into those promises. And so, yes, it's for the nation of Israel. Yes, it's for God's people. Yes, it's for um, the promise, the, the promise for the nation of Israel and the Jewish people, but also it is for the church. And so that's the beautiful thing. And I'm not going to go into that. That's not the purpose of this. But even just walking around in Jerusalem and around the Sea of Galilee and at the Wailing Wall and the different places that we went. And, you know, we went with Brian and Candace Simmons, the authors of the Passion Translation, a very large team. And it was incredible. You know, Brian and Candace have been a spiritual father and mother to my wife and I. We love them. We believe in their ministry. They've sowed so much into us. So we've been wanting to go for years. It was an honor that we were able to go now. Um, but even that, the divine timing of that and everyone on the trip and, you know, even this season for us, like it was such a divinely orchestrated time and I want to get into all of that, but just walking that land and looking into the people's eyes and seeing their religious devotion as Jews that don't believe in Jesus, you know, there was things that were heartbreaking and there was things that were hopeful, you know, walking around and feeling the presence of God on that land, feeling a an expectancy and a hope as you read through the scripture, seeing the promises of God that are still to be fulfilled. But then also seeing the brokenness of the people, seeing, you know, there are very dangerous areas that we did go to, especially going into the quarters of, of Palestine and seeing, you know, the different places, the desolation and many different things. But it was such a beautiful time of prayer for the people of Israel. 
experiencing the presence of God in places where Jesus walked. And when you hear about, you know, Jerusalem and hear about Israel and hear about people going, uh, they always say, oh, the Bible came alive. And a hundred percent, the Bible came alive going to places. You know, we were on Mount Carmel where Elijah called down fire. Like we were in specific locations, scriptures we've read and poured over for years and years. Like, like that is... Those are the places that we walk. So yes, the Bible came alive, but there was such a weighty presence of the Lord and experiencing him and taking moments to drink him in while we walked that land. It was just, it was life-changing for the heart. For me, there was an experience going to the Wailing Wall, which is, you know, where the temple, where Herod's temple stood in Jerusalem. And now there's a mosque there. So it's a Dome of the Rock, but there is a wall um, where the Jews go to and they pray and they pray towards where the temple was at this wall and there's prayers inside the wall. And it is a bittersweet place for me personally, because you see the Jewish people that don't believe in Jesus, you see them pouring out their heart, crying, weeping, wailing, praying, you know, just with all of their heart, with fervor, with passion, trying to touch God, trying to pull him down, trying to rend the heavens and rending their hearts and praying towards this wall. And in one sense, the devotion, the passion, the 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 desire they have for God, the hope they have in the scriptures, they that they're they're persevering and they're not giving up like how beautiful is that? But then also on the other hand, my heart is breaking because when I was in Israel, I felt led to read the book of Hebrews and the book of Hebrews specifically talks about how those sacrifices, the sacrifices of the old covenant system are irrelevant. And it talks about Jesus being the sacrifice of all sacrifices. He put every other sacrificial system to shame and he ended it. And now we have a new covenant enacted upon better promises. And Jesus bridged the gap between God and humanity. He, there's one mediator between God and man, and it's the man, Christ Jesus. And they're striving and they're trying and they're broken and they're not able to experience the presence of God. And they're not hearing from him like we do. And they don't know how to walk with him. And, and he feels distant. He feels far away. They're trying to make something happen. They're trying to please his heart, but they don't know that through the broken body of Jesus Christ, our father in heaven has released favor over all humanity. And that if we just come to know him through Jesus Christ, he is close. He is near. There's no efforts, no works, no striving that we can do that could bring him closer, that could bring favor upon our lives, that can make us righteous, that can clean our souls. It's only the work of Jesus. It's only his precious blood and like being there at the wall, touching the wall myself and feeling that, that, that all the, the, uh, the indwelling presence of the spirit and my union with him and realizing that these people have blinders on their eyes and they just don't get it, but they, but they want it so bad. And so it was, it was beautiful. It was, it was heartbreaking in some sense. But also I prayed for the, for the Jewish people. I prayed for Israel and I want us all to pray and contend for God's people. You know, for me, a very special thing, like I loved going to the places where Jesus walked, but something that was kind of surprising to me is we, we went to a lot of places where, you know, the story of King David unfolded. And if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, you know that I love King David. Okay. I just do his, his passion for Jesus. Well, you know, for God, his passion for God, you know, um, and also, 
Not only that, but his warrior spirit, okay? And so I love David, but we went to the, to the space in the field that they know David slew Goliath. All right. And there's certain places that, hey, people don't really know what happened in this exact location, but hey, it's somewhere around here, maybe down there, maybe over in this direction. But there's certain places based on the coordinates of scripture and based on the land, they know it happened in this exact spot. And so when it comes to the field that David killed Goliath, they know that it was this exact field. And that was wild because even going into this next season and there's announcements to come, but I just felt like I needed to receive strength from God. And I remember just walking around that field, praying, meditating on the life of David, meditating on the fact that he felt insignificant. He was not the first chosen by his family, but he was the first chosen by God. And that God does not look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And that David was a small man. He was not the mightiest warrior at that time when Goliath was mocking the people of Israel, but he had confidence in God and confidence in God's heart for Israel. And so I just remember walking around that field, receiving strength, receiving hope, saying, God, you use weak Israel, the smallest nation in the world at that time to bring salvation to the world at large. And God, you use small, insignificant people, the weak things of the world to confound the wise. So if you feel weak today, if you feel like God can't use you, there's more talented people, more anointed people out there. You are the one God wants to use. He has his hand on you. He doesn't look at your outward qualities qualifications. He looks at your heart towards him and he knows he could use and flow through a yielded vessel that loves him more than anything. And we went to the city of David and we went through this water tunnel system that they know King David went through with his army when they were, you know, doing sneak attacks on the enemy. Okay. And that was just epic. That was amazing. And so I'm going to keep going because the show is going to be a while, but I want to get to some other things. But we were in Jericho and there is a spring in Jericho, only one spring in the land of Jericho. And if you go through the book of second Kings, it says there was a spring, but it was polluted and it was defiled and it was causing sickness and causing death. But God told Elisha, the prophet to throw salt in this spring and it purified the spring and it's clean drinking water. And we went to that spring and that was like mind boggling for me because it's like, wow, to this day, there's only one spring in Jericho. So we know that these were the waters that God supernaturally purified. And it's like, wow, you know, people are splashing the water on themselves. Just like, it's just like Jesus. But it's like, wow, God, like this is so cool to be here and to be a part of this. Another amazing thing. Um, was Shiloh. Shiloh is where Samuel the prophet walked. And um, Samuel the prophet, um, he, well, his, you know, his mother, you know, there was that miracle conception of Samuel. And, um, and also it was, it was just where, it was where they had the school of the prophets that Samuel ran. And also it's where the, the Ark of the Covenant was for over 360 years. And so it was actually, it's less of a tourist location, which is amazing because there was like nobody there, but we went to the spot that they know for sure the tabern, not that, yes, the, the Ark of the Covenant, the tabernacle was for years 
and years, over 360 years. And we pointed, this is where the Holy of Holies basically was. This is where the inner courts and the outer courts were, where the, where the, where the priests would wash before they went in. And there was such a sweet presence of the Lord there. It was amazing. And we, we did worship at these sites. And we took communion at many sites and, and there was prophetic ministry at that site. It's just so, you know, it was, it was so powerful. You know, the you know, prophetic words are being released and people are being touched by the Lord, but God stirred me and spoke to me very specifically about my calling to host his presence, carry his presence, raise up people who love and adore his presence because we are meant to be presence carriers. We are meant to be people that have 24-7 access to him and enjoy our union from him. And from that place, we release the power of God. We release the word of the Lord. We receive the power we need to walk in our calling in every area and sphere. And so God began to speak to me about that. And it was just such a weighty time in his presence. And so Shiloh's beautiful. And I didn't think I was going to share this, but this is just cool. We went to the Jordan River, okay? We went to the Jordan River where John baptized Jesus, which is amazing, and where Joshua led the people of Israel into the promised land over the Jordan. And so we were in that location, and Brian Simmons was beginning to share on the Holy Spirit. He was actually sharing more on Joshua and leading the people of God into the promised land. But as we were praying, in this location. We're in the arid desert, okay? We're by the Jordan River. It never rains. It hasn't rained at all up until this point in mid to late October in this area. So it's dry. It's desert, okay? And um, it hasn't rained yet. That's significant. And we began to, he began to share about Joshua. But during our time of worship, I began to think about Jesus being baptized by John in Matthew chapter three. And then you know, where it talks about the dove descended upon Jesus and the father spoke from heaven over Jesus. You're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And so as Brian began to share, it began to drizzle. It began to rain. And it was like, what's going on? And Brian and Candace were like, yo, rain always follows us. Even if it's like, it's an arid, it's like a, you know, there's a drought going on, but rain just follows us. It's something weird God does with us. And so I was like, wow, it's raining right now. The first rain of the season in the desert here as we were, as we were worshiping and as Brian began to share. And then we saw three white doves descend and it hung out, they hung out on this pillar the entire time. Okay. Father, son, Holy spirit, three white doves just hanging out above us. And they weren't see how doves are scared creatures. They just hung out there the entire time Brian shared and the entire time our team was there. So there's three doves. And then Brian's like, Whoa. And he's like, wow, all we need now is thunder from heaven. And then crack, 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 crack just thunder like crazy came. And, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, the father God's voice being like thunder coming from heaven. And so just supernatural, amazing experiences when we were there. And I just want to highlight two things uh, before I end this, because we could just go on about all the amazing experiences and cool things God did. But two things that really stood out to my wife and I, and I should really have her on to share what God put on her heart um, regarding this. Um, and a couple other things that God did in her heart, because, um, towards the end of the year, when we make our announcement, I'm going to have my wife on several times because she is powerful. She's got a lot to share. She's got a lot on the inside of her. She needs to release it. And so she's going to be coming on a lot more, especially in the new year. Um, but we went to Mount Hermon, which is in, uh, Caesarea Philippi. Um, and it's where Jesus said to Peter, who does, you know, he said to his disciples and Peter, 
who does the world say I am, essentially? And it's the famous location where um, he said, well, Jesus, you know, Peter confessed, you're, you're the Lord, you know, the son of the living God. And, um, and Jesus pretty much says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against him. And so Mount Hermon is um, a famous mountain in scripture. And Mount Hermon is, and I'm not going to get into it, but supposedly where the watchers came down and they made a decision to go and dwell with the with the with the women of the world that were um, pleasing to the eye, and that's where the Nephilim came from. They it's it's believed according to the Book of Enoch, um, which I'm not promoting right now. It's not in the Bible, but it's it's apparent. Apparently, it happened on Mount Hermon, and also not only that, but Mount Hermon is also was a hot spot for demonic activity. It's where a lot of idol worship took place. It's where there was child sacrifices and human sacrifices. There was a massive hole in the mountain and the mountain's red. It's black. It looks dreary. And there's a massive hole and they believe people were thrown in there. There was child sacrifices, human sacrifices, and there was tons of idol worship. It's just in the spirit, a hot spot for demonic activity. And so it's Mount Hermon, where they believe also the whole Nephilim and the Watchers and all that took place according to Genesis 6 and in the book of Enoch. And so that being said, this is a dark place, a geographical location where there was a principality and power where evil took place. And it's believed that Jesus went to this exact mountain in, in Caesarea Philippi. And this is where Jesus asked his disciples, who does the world say that I am? And then Peter, under the inspiration of God, the revelation of the Holy Spirit, said, you are, you are God. You're the, son, you're, you're, the, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, on this rock. And he was right here by Mount Hermon. And Mount Hermon is just hard stone and rock. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. I believe this was a prophetic act. I believe Jesus went to this dark location, which was a hot spot for demonic activity, a geographical place where there was a dark principality that ruled and reigned in that location. And Jesus went to that spot and he said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. He's saying that my church will prevail over the enemy. My church will take back places like this where Satan ruled and reigned and I will rule and reign. And my church will go to dark places. My church will go to dark regions and we do not be, af- we, we, we will not need to be afraid. We will not need to be fearful because I am above all powers, principalities, mights, dominions, every name that's named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. So Jesus said, we're taking back this world. We're taking back darkness and we are where we are dispelling the light of God. We're establishing the kingdom, the church of Jesus Christ, the beautiful church, which is meant to be solution, uh, meant to be the ones who bring the gospel and release the kingdom and take back dark regions for the kingdom of God. And so it's just so beautiful being there, seeing where Jesus spoke to them and the significance, the prophetic significance of that. Listen, if you're a believer, you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you. You are the church of Christ. You are a saint. You are born again of a holy seed and you are meant to overcome. You are meant to be victorious regardless of how you feel, regardless of the years past, regardless of how much you've been beaten up by people and the enemy. Regardless, you are meant to overcome. It is in your DNA. There will be trial. There will be temptation. There will be hardship and pain this side of eternity, but you have the DNA of God 
God on the inside of you. You have the spirit of Christ that raised, the, the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living on the inside of you. Just receive that today. Hallelujah. And I want to share one more thing and I'm going to close this out. I had a beautiful encounter with the Lord. Sorry, I took a drink for those who aren't watching on YouTube. (laughs) We went to the resurrection tomb and there's two places in Israel where they believe um, potentially this is where the garden tomb was, where Jesus was buried. Um, But I truly believe that the place that we went to was the location because there is a massive hill right next to it um, that looks like there's eyes, like like it looks like there's like um like you know where it talks about Jesus was crucified on a hill and it was Golgotha, the place of the skull. And so if you look at this hill that is, and it's like this rocky area and there's a you know on top it's a high elevation and then you know it says in the scriptures that the the tomb that joseph of arimathea said jesus could be buried in was near where jesus was crucified and so you see this this massive you know cliff and hill and you see these eyes but over time there was erosion and you know you can't see the mouth anymore but you see like these eyes in it and they many believe that this was a place of the skull golgotha and there's a garden area that is right down the hill nearby. And there is a, there is a tomb there that many believe it's the tomb where Jesus was laid. And my wife could share in greater detail, but what she was feeling when we walked there was she just felt tangible love just emanating, emanating in that place, which is like so beautiful. And as I walked around, it was just like, wow, just the, the hope of resurrection gripped me. And we went inside of the tomb and Everyone took their photos and, but then we also did worship. You know, we had a worship time and we, and we took communion there. And, um, as we were worshiping beautiful team, Jake Stemo and presence worship, I'm going to have him on the podcast here in the coming weeks. Um, they led worship for us in Israel and, um, they, they began to sing my beloved is the most beautiful among thousands and thousands. And as I began to sing that song, the Lord captivated me and I, I went into a vision. I'm a seer. You know, when God speaks to me, a lot of the time I feel and I see it's less me hearing. Um, it's more seeing. And so I saw a vision of Jesus being like raised in like this glorious transcendent light. And that light was being shed upon my heart. And there was such a holiness that I remember feeling like unclean. And I remember just saying like, I'm sorry, God. There was a repentance, like, I'm sorry, God. And as I was repenting for, I don't even know what, but it was this sense of like, you're God, I'm not. You're king, I'm servant. Like, wow, like my righteousness is filthy rags. Like, thank God for your righteousness. And And I just, I felt like that holiness was burning something out of my soul. I have no clue what it is, you know, but I just began to weep from my deeper, my deepest innermost being. And I just laid on my face as worship was going on for, I don't even know how long. And then Brian began to preach 
And he just preached the central message of the gospel. He said, not only did Jesus die, but you died with Christ. Not only was he raised from the dead, but you were raised with him. Not only has he ascended to the highest place, but you are co-seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And as he was preaching that, I began to see a vision of myself being raised and being lifted with Christ. And then I felt like this, and you guys probably know what I'm talking about. It was like, uh, I, I felt like I needed to release a tongue, like in my belly, in my spirit was like, I need to release something. And I didn't quite know what it was. It felt like I needed to release a tongue for an interpretation, but I, I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't feel the freedom to, even though I wanted to. And, uh, and then Brian just shouts, Brian Simmons, he just shouts, everybody shout. And as I shouted out of my belly, I felt the anointing of the Holy Spirit come from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I lost consciousness. It was like, I just like, I couldn't stand. Like I lost control of my body and I fell down and I just sat there as I felt currents of like, uh, electricity, but not like, it was like, uh, just little ones, like just like, fing, fing, like just through my body. And I left that experience that encounter a changed person and as i share in the in the in the coming weeks here in the next couple of weeks before the new year about some announcements coming um it's a link there's some things linked to this encounter but that being said i want to end with this you know so many people said hey share some stories what did god say to you what did god do what were some encounters you know what are some beautiful things there's so many other things like my wife had a glorious encounter with the lord where he did like so many things in her heart when we got baptized in the Jordan and I'll have her share that when she comes on. But I just want to say, I want to end this with prayer for Israel and um, prayer that God would give you a heart for the people of Israel. And even if you're not called to Jewish people or called to the nation of Israel, I believe we all should pray for the peace of Israel and the salvation of the Jewish people. And so um, I'm just going to end this in prayer and bless you guys. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. We honor you, Jesus. We love your word. And your word declares that there there will be a time where the Gentiles, the harvest of the Gentiles is complete, where you will captivate the the Jewish people. And that there's blinders over their eyes. And that we as Gentiles, burning for the Lord, walking in the promises, will provoke the Jews to jealousy. And so, God, we just take our place with Psalm 128 and say, peace be upon Jerusalem. Peace be upon Israel. God, may you captivate their hearts. Holy Spirit, convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Reveal to them the beauty of the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Captivate them. Convict them. Enamor them baptize them in your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you're raising up evangelists. You're raising up missionaries. You're raising up apostles and prophets to go into that land to proclaim your gospel because there's very little laborers, but the harvest is plentiful. And God, I thank you that houses of prayer and people all around the world, your people are burning and burdened for the nation of Israel. And we will not give rest until Jerusalem and Israel is a praise in the earth. And so I thank you, God, for that. Lord, every single person listening or watching this right now, I pray that you would just unite their hearts with the people of Israel, that you would give them a burden for that nation, just like you did with the Apostle Paul, like you said in Romans 9, that he said that I would even be cut off from Christ, that the people of Israel would believe and be saved. That is a wild proclamation that I don't think I could say. 
But Lord, just work in our hearts, God. Work in our hearts, God. Touch us, Father. Touch your people. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I'm grateful uh, to have this podcast and this platform to share with you guys the things the Lord is doing in my heart, also what I feel the Lord is prophetically doing in the body, but also to have amazing leaders in the body of Christ from around the world, fivefold ministers and missionaries, family, friends, different people come on and share what God is doing in the earth. I pray that you'd be stirred. I pray that you'd be challenged. I pray that you'd receive everything the Lord has for you in this season around the holidays. Be looking out for more episodes for this amazing announcement that we have uh, moving forward in the next couple weeks. Don't miss it. Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed by the gospel of Jesus. Go to YouTube, like, subscribe, comment so we can get this out. God is doing incredible, supernatural, powerful things around the world, and I'm excited to be a small piece of that, and you guys are as well. And so bless you guys, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org org lifeportoutintl.org or you can go to destinyimage.com the audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you <laughs>